All right. Well, don't forget to get those youth banquet ballots filled out and handed in. And of, and of course, you come to youth every Wednesday night prepared with a pen, right? Anybody need a pen? Not that you're going to dissect it and throw it about, right? Um, Diego, you need a pen, man? Here we go. Whew. Right your way. Anybody else? Nice. I don't want to give Drew another concussion, so I'm not trying to throw it right at him. All right. We're well supplied. That, that was, a, was an appropriate duck on your part there, Steve. All right. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're doing a little mini-series for the month of December. It's titled Unwrapping the gifts. How many of you guys, I'm going to probably say you guys mostly tonight, sorry Esperanza and Patrice and Abby and any other female who might be in and out tonight, but that's just kind of the nature of the audience this time. How come you guys didn't sign up for choir, huh? You know, maybe next year. Um, how many of y'all make a, a Christmas wish list, you know? It, 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 can, it can help, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of extra assistance, when it comes to picking out gifts, and, you know, particularly if you have complicated desires. I don't know what's on your wish list. Raise your hand if you're fairly confident you're going to get what you want this year for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, okay. A rather optimistic crowd. Uh, I don't know if you've got, like, you know, a Disney Plus subscription, you know, in your stocking somewhere hoping to arrive. I know all the guys, they, they want to get the latest edition of the Hydro Flask, you know, I'm sure... That's on your, your wish list. Uh, personally, you know, I, I'd, rather than a hydro flask, I'd rather a narwhal tusk because I, I don't know if you follow news headlines, but a, apparently th those can come in handy when you need. The, 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 the London uh, attack was defended with a narwhal tusk. Uh, so that was, that was pretty remarkable. Uh, how many of y'all do Black Friday, the Black Friday event? Yeah, yeah. Again, the female constituency would be more likely to be raising their hands at this moment. I, I, know, I know it's a, it's a tradition for the Roboski girls to do a Black Friday marathon. Abby, did you, did you join them for, for, yeah, yeah, this is the married year. All that stuff kind of shifts a little bit. <laughs> Although I, I saw they dragged their Gigi out in the middle of the night for all of that. But that's, that's normal? Okay. That's her thing. Okay. Okay. Yes. You did? <laughs> Nobody was at Walmart this year. They were all at home watching Disney Plus. Yes. You go to Alabama. Oh, okay. That's that's shopping dedication, man. You're just waiting for something to change, huh? When's change going to arrive? Um, you know, there, there's a whole internet genre uh, of uh, Black Friday, um, what, what, do they, what do they call it? Uh, Black, Black Friday brawls, I think, is the, is the official term for it. Uh, I've got a quick little compilation video for you of a few of those that we can check out real quick. Some, some Black Friday brawls. I don't, I don't know if, uh, I guess you weren't encountering this at Walmart, Diego, but here you go. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> yeah. They're not going to work after they bring them home, but hey, they got the box. <laughs> yeah, excited. They're kind of playing nice. They're they're sprinting, but uh That's not that wasn't a brawl, but this right here is a brawl. This this lady is determined to have, is that a bike? Yeah, she, she's not letting up. <laughs> yeah, he's like, lady, I've got this in my hand. Give up now. All right, that's about enough of that that we need to see. Until next year, where we'll return to the Black Friday brawls. Yes. Um, now that's obviously not all Black Friday events are like that. You guys have to be extra enthusiastic tonight. Um, and that's not just a Black Friday thing, right? This is a, this is a human nature thing. Uh, this, is, this is what happens when in our humanity we interact with a limited supply of something that we think that we need, or at least that we desperately want, right? So. Case in point, I don't know how many of y'all ever got to try the, uh, the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Really? No matter what it is, I'm not going to try it. Drew, opinion? Yeah. That's where I was going with this. There was a stabbing over a Popeye's chicken sandwich. You know, I haven't tried the sandwich yet. I thought, hey, maybe I'll take you guys out for one of those, but you'd probably have to sign a release waiver first just in case you get stabbed in the, in the process of that. Um, but this is, this is the human condition, right? Those are some pretty um, stark illustrations of that. But, but there's a little bit of true colors that comes out in those moments as well. We, we are graspers. We are people who compare what somebody else has and, and whatever's in their hands, we think we need to have that in our hands too, right? There, there's a little bit of neediness that we experience. There's, there's a, a propensity toward uh, jealousy and envy or maybe things like discontent or what about worry and anxiety? What's life going to be like unless I have this, unless this factor comes into play exactly how it needs to. We can be prone to go into seasons of feeling sorry for ourselves because we weren't given what we felt like we deserved or what we needed. Th this happens to believers. The only way this can happen to believers is because we are deeply out of touch with what we have. And that's what I, I want us to hear tonight. Um, I just picked up my car from the mechanic and got a lot of work done. One thing that uh, I haven't gotten fixed yet is there, there is on my front right tire, the speed sensor has gone out 
on that. And uh, the basically, you know, cars today, they're run by a bunch of computers. Um, and so what, what happens when that speed sensor is out is the car doesn't have the information that it needs in order to drive properly. Uh, so you have something, uh, ABS, uh, anti-locking brake systems, and then you have uh, v VSA, which is the, the what, what does that even stand for? Vehicle stability assistance. And so the, the, when, when you drive, like when some of your parents learned how to drive way back when, um, when, when they were told uh, they were having to come up on a stop, they were supposed to pump the brake. Or is that right? We all, we, we all pump the brakers, okay? Because if you slam on the brake, the car's going to skid, it's going to lock up, and, it's gonna, and, and you're not going to be able to steer or anything like that. You're not going to be able to move out of, out of the way uh, before hitting somebody. Well, now the little computer system, uh, it, it controls all of that. So you slam on the brake, by the way. That's what they'll teach you in driver's ed when you get there. Hit it as hard as you can if you need to come to a, a stop. And it takes over to make sure the brakes don't lock up and allows you to navigate and controls the speed of the tires and all kinds of little intricate details. But none of that works right now in my car, and I have to drive like I know how to drive right now until I get this little sensor repaired. Because that, that sensor, it, it, it informs the rest of the system and how it operates. And, and listen, this is how life is for us. You know, we will, we will lock up and skid off the road based on what we're aware of, what we're sensing, what we're being informed by. And there are some, there are some realities that we need to feel and, and to know because life feels desperate and disappointing when we're not aware of how generous God has been to us. And so we're going to read tonight uh, a passage. It's, it's, it's a Thanksgiving prayer that um, Paul communicates to Timothy, and, and it's going to help us get in tune with what God has provided for us. So let's read this together. 2 Timothy 1. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded, all right, these are the reasons why he thanks God. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You know, it is it's very easy to move past certain gifts that we've been given. There, there was one time, one Christmas morning, that my parents surprised me in a major way. There, there, was a, there was an electric guitar that I really wanted. I was 14 years old, and I had been asking kind of in the weeks leading up to Christmas if I could get it, 
and you know the, the, they totally played the poker face throughout it. They were like, oh, you know, I don't know if it's really going to work out. That's a little pricey. You, you know, th th somehow they led me to believe not only that I was getting something else for Christmas, but that I was I, I wasn't really getting anything for Christmas. I don't know. That was the idea in my head. They probably never said anything like that. But but like Christmas Eve night, I was still making a case to my dad. I was like, you know, hey, on Monday, Guitar Center, it's open. We could go pick it up. Uh, so we were, we were still interacting about that, and then Christmas morning comes, and go up front, and there it is. They, they got me with it, and I love that guitar, and, and uh, it spent several years in the closet from like age uh, 17 until two years ago when I brought it back out and said, hey, I want to pick up electric guitar again and start playing that on my own. So something that had so much anticipation, so much convincing and, and arguing my case as to why I should have it, uh, it, it, it lived in the closet for years of my life, not being taken out and enjoyed. And so we're going to unwrap some gifts. We're going we're to take them out that God has given us um, tonight and not Neglect them. And we're talking about the gift of life, um, the gift of godly example, and, and the gift of the Spirit. These are the things that Paul highlights here. The first is the gift of life. And I don't just mean biological life, but, but that is an amazing blessing. I mean, just, just think about that for a second. You woke up this morning. You Breathe. You inhale and you exhale. Blood circulates through your body. You live. You exist on this earth, on this little blue planet that's rotating around like a thousand miles an hour and spinning around the sun. And every day we get to be a part of this adventure. God does that. God gives to all mankind life and breath and everything else. It's the generosity of God. You woke up this morning. I mean, what, what can we complain about? We are alive. And that's amazing in and of itself. But, but God defines life a certain way, and it's not just that you're breathing and that you know, the oxygen is passing inside of your body and carbon dioxide out. There's a spiritual order to our existence, and that died at the fall. And ever since the fall, there, there's been... There's been a vacancy. There's been something hollow and missing on the inside of us that we needed restored. And look how Paul describes this, right? Back in, in verse 1, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus promise is is such a big deal it, it is central in the storyline of scripture right promises it, it's what gets you to anticipate what you're going to be given you know if, if there's a promise that's been issued that that's coming your way if it's Christmas morning or when you graduate or whatever it is right you you anticipate good things based on what is promised and amazingly when, when you know God tells Adam and Eve in the day that you eat of that tree, you will die, right? They eat of it, and, and that ought to be the end of the story. That, you know, why is there another page in the Bible? But immediately, there's a promise that God brings to them. 
that there will be life. There will be a restoration to the presence of God, and it will happen through a child who is to come. And y'all know this, right? All the, all, all the Old Testament, it, it, it's building up with this, this loaded question of who, who is the one who is going to put it all right, and when is he going to arrive? And, the, and the, the season and the calendar that we're in right now is called Advent before Christmas. And Advent is just a word that means coming. We're, we're waiting for the coming of Jesus. Now, you and I, he's already come. We're, we're waiting for him to come back. But we, we get to kind of enter into what it was like for God's people in, in days of darkness and confusion and mystery, waiting for salvation to arrive through a child. Any, any of you guys uh, checked out The Mandalorian yet? Watched it all? Okay. So, like, they, are they releasing it season by season? How's that working out? Okay, and then you just got to wait. Okay. Interesting. I, I haven't seen any of the episodes, but I have seen plenty of Baby Yoda on the Internet, right? Uh, you know, if you, if you just need something to break the Internet, it's, uh, it's going to be Baby Yoda. Um, but, but, you know, he's not just this mysterious, cute little child. He, 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 he has unique abilities, right? That's part of the intrigue. He is a force to reckon with in the dark side, right? And, and, and you, you just pick up story after story, and it follows this, this pattern of who's going to come, who's going to be a hero, who's going to bring help to us against the forces of darkness. And, and, and Christmas is not just a cute baby in a manger. It, it is life breaking onto the scene. It is hope pressing into despair. It is John 1-4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And we sang that tonight. The giver of life was born in the night, revealing God's glorious plan to save the world. And, and Jesus just doesn't bring about any kind of life. He says in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. Have it as it was fully intended and designed by God to be. All its wholeness and, and well-being. Hey, what, what do you think that you need in order to have life? Like to be complete. What kind of stuff do you need to purchase? What do you need to be able to have access to? Right? And either your parents aren't letting you have it or just where you're at in your circumstances right now, they just, they, you, you can't access that. It's something that's off the table. It's something you would be interested in or feel like you really need to have, but it's not. It's, it's not there. Who do you need to get to cooperate with you? And what people are, 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 you, are you trying to get them to conform to your will? Or, or what has you upset? What has you bitter right now about what you haven't received from others? What are you trying to pull out of life? Because we were made for life with God. Right? Augustine famously said, 
back in the fifth century that God had made us for himself and, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. And, you know, I, I, can, I can know that on some level and that could be a gift that's still wrapped and sitting under the tree and, and not, not benefiting me, not benefiting my sense of worry and anxiety and, and feeling of dependence and need. When, when, when I am... When I am disconnected from the life with God that I was intended to have, that's just a confusing experience. Everything kind of loses its sense of, of purpose and its, its meaning. And, and now everything feels fragile. Everything feels like it could fall apart in a moment and life could be over. Right? Because I've, I've located life in the wrong places. Right, so it's, it's one thing to know Jesus is the giver of life. He's come. He is the great gift of Christmas. But if we were made for life with God, are we spending time with him? Are we connecting with him? Are we, are we enjoying the, the fellowship and the restoration of our souls and the filling of what is empty on the inside of us that he desires to give? If not, then likely on some level we we look like those black friday brawlers and we're trying to put our hands on something that we can get and we are gonna pick a fight with whoever stands in our way all right second gift is the gift of godly example and th this is interesting here paul paul highlights his own example in in timothy's life as somebody who serves god with a, a clear conscience. He's somebody who has integrity, who's, who's faithful. He's not a perfect man. Paul was a, was a sinner. You know, he was a human being. Um, but, but he was faithful to God, and that was the example that he modeled for Timothy as, as well. And, and Timothy has Paul in his life. He has Paul's prayers for him. He has Paul saying, I long to see you. He has Paul challenging Timothy and saying, don't, don't hold back, Timothy. Don't be timid, man. God's called you to some great things. There's, there's, a, there's something I see inside of you. There's a way that you're to serve. There's a purpose that you're to fulfill in this world. Rise to the occasion, Timothy. Be a man. Do the work. Right? Timothy has Paul, that voice, in his life. And do you have anybody like that in your life? Are there, are there older people, people who have been believers longer than you, people in, in the church, that you, 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 get to, you get to talk with them about how to read the Bible. What are they reading? What are they learning from God right now? You get to overhear their prayers. You get to watch them work. You get to observe how they do family, how they interact with their children, how a, a, a husband and a spouse communicate with one another. Right, that, that's, that's part of the design for how we've done youth ministry and why, you know, we, we've, we've got Abby and Jordan and myself and Ellen and, and the discipleship groups. It gives you Wednesday after Wednesday uh, access to older people in the, in the life of the church. But my, my hope is that that wouldn't stop there. That there, there are, you know, you're not just becoming part of the body of Christ when you graduate high school. People who think that way, they, they never graduate into anything, honestly. Right now, you are, if you are in Christ, you are the church. 
And so that this is this is one thing that God's doing here. But if you're if you're serving in children's ministry and you're serving alongside of Mr. Steve or or or, or one of the other parents and somebody that maybe isn't in, in your family, but or you're, you're going to Rancho 3M with Gus Mackey, you know, and you're getting to to, to listen to him talk all day. I'm sure that's an adventure in itself. Um, I, I want you around people in this body who are further along in life and in the faith who set an example for you and who see certain things in you. And that is an amazing gift when God gives it. But Paul doesn't just talk about, you know, who's outside of the family. Sometimes it's a little easy to appreciate. I had a, I had a lot more of an appreciation for you know, when I was a teenager, for guys in their 20s that were involved in my life than I did for mom and dad. But notice who else he mentions as he's thanking God here. It's, you know, Paul looks under the Christmas tree, and, and he sees a couple of boxes there, and, and he opens them up, and it's two church ladies named Lois and Eunice. Timothy, don't, don't forget about your grandmother and your mom who followed Christ, who told you Bible stories from your childhood, who took you to VBS, who signed you up for the youth winter retreat, amen, right? They, 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 they showed you what sincere faith looks like. Sometimes sincere faith meant they sinned, they sinned against you, they had to repent, they, they, they were walking with God in their weakness and in their imperfections, but they, were, they had a heart orientation toward the Lord. And you got front row seats to that, Timothy. What a gift. Now, there's a lot of discussion today about the concept of privilege. And it could be a kind of a hot political topic of how we understand privilege, who has privilege, what, what that means for society. But one reality is, you know, there are people who are privileged in, in a variety of ways. You know, so you, 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 you can be privileged socially, you could be privileged in, in, in terms of certain societal structures. It is an amazing privilege. And where, where privilege exists, it's something to first thank God for. Because he's the one who assigns the times and the places and the boundaries of our life and where we live. You, you are in the top 1% of privilege in this world if you've grown up in a Christian home. Right? If, if there are believing parents or maybe just a believing mom or grandparent, I know some of you come from situations where there are divorce or maybe there's a single parent or maybe it's your, your grandparent who brings you to church primarily. Now that's Timothy, by the way. He, he had a, a father, but his father wasn't a believer. It, that's why Paul says it was your grandma and your mom who taught you the faith. And that is precious beyond measure. Do you ever, do you ever take stock of life in that way? And I know you don't. That's why I'm asking the question. It's rhetorical. Uh, you don't, right? We, we don't. But when you think, is, is life good right now? H how long does it take you to get to, I grew up with people who told me about the gospel. That is a gift that's underneath the tree. 
unwrap it. Enjoy it. Thank God and thank those people that are in your life. The gift of godly example. Now Paul's reminding Timothy of these things because he's calling him to something, to, to receive this mission, right? There's a, there's a sincere faith that was in them, and now it's in you, and now it's, it's, it's going to be expressed. It's going to reach out to others. There's going to be a transfer. Timothy, I'm calling you to be that kind of person to other people. You're going to raise up other faithful men. You're going to influence others with the gifting that is in you, which means we need the gift of the Spirit. Our final present and, and, and really place where I wanted us to land because it's, it's Christmas season, so it's fun to talk about gifts, fun to talk about the incarnation, but in the life of our church, we've been thinking about the gifts of the Spirit. And, and, and there's something that Timothy is told first that he's not been given. Don't be fooled, Timothy. God, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Right? It, it's just so easy for any of us to go here. We just live in our insecurities with ways that we, we feel like we, we, we don't measure up well when compared to others. We don't have the same abilities that others have. We're unsure what people will think about us, how our efforts will be received. You know, if we, if we try to communicate something about God, if we try to share the gospel, what are our friends at school going to think? What are our parents going to think? Sometimes that could be a question. You know, they're, they're, you, you, in, your, in your mind, you just know your mom is, you know, if you, if you start being expressive in worship, you know, on Sunday morning, either your mom's going to say, oh, that's so precious, or she's going to say later, okay, you were worshiping earlier, but you don't clean your room, you know. So, so he's like, I'm just not going to do that because I don't know how they're going to think about that, right? All of that noise can be in our head. Even what our believing friends will think. You know, because everybody's kind of got this pact like, hey, we're doing the Christian thing, but maybe not too seriously, you know, not in a way that's going to make a huge difference in what we talk about and whether or not we actually pray with each other or ask each other, hey, what are you learning from God? That's just not a question we ask. And I don't want to be the weird one in the group who goes there when we're all just playing Nintendo Switch, right? All of that noise can hinder the work of God through you. And, and it's at a time and a season of life where we, we ask those questions. We constantly want to check, how am I in relation to other people? That's one of the reasons why we went through that verified series to help rescue us from that. But, but Paul knows, hey, that's going to be a temptation. Anytime you step out to use a gift that God has given you, fear is going to be on the scene. And Paul says, that's not what God gave, but he did give you the spirit, the spirit who has, who produces power and produces love and produces self-control. Do, do, do you know, this is not just an idea on a page. There is real power available to you as a believer. Because the spirit lives in you and because God's spirit comes upon us as we seek him, you're not just limited by your abilities, by what makes you comfortable, by how smart you are, by how confident you tend to be. I'm just not one of those people who tends to speak in front of others. Right? That doesn't get to write the script for you. The Holy Spirit does. And he enables in significant 
and supernatural ways, things that look like the power of God. And, and, and this isn't like, you know, you have to have a, a, a driver's license ID that shows that you're 21 before you can access this. You, you go to it and they're like, can I see some ID first? Like you've gone to some bar and tried to order alcohol. That's not how this works, right? This is available to you now as you see God. There's no minimum age required to interact with the power of God in your life and giving you an ability to minister others. He produces love so that you actually care, so that you're not just inside of your own thoughts about whether or not tonight was a win for you. But you care. You're, you're outside of yourself. You're noticing who's somebody in need of encouragement, who's somebody in, in need of being brought in, of, 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 of having more than just a polite hello, but actually taking the next step in that conversation. That, that's powerful stuff for a 14-year-old. And God can do it. God can be doing it in your life. And self-control. Self-control self is, a, is a word that means like self-mastery. In other words, your own emotions, feelings, personality, that, that doesn't get to win the, get the final say on what you do. And so often we allow that, you know, it's just like, I'm just being honest, and so that's what came out of me, or I just, I just can't, I just don't feel like it right now, stop, you know, and, and we, just, we just go there so easily. Well, the Holy Spirit is present to say, that doesn't have to be you. I know it's you. I know you have a lot of history with that. I know that's a particular weakness, but that's not all that's in play. God's at work. God's allowing you to to gain control of yourself and to move yourself toward what is godly and what's challenging and what's hard work, but what produces good. And Paul tells Timothy, you don't just have the gift of the Spirit. You, you, you have gifts from the Spirit. We heard about this on Sunday. Like fan into flame the gift of God that's in you from the laying on of my hands. There was some moment in Timothy's life, in his calling. Maybe it was when he was being commissioned. He's, an, he's a young guy here, but he's an elder in the church at Ephesus. And as Paul commissioned him for ministry, there, there, was, there was real gifting that was awakened in him. Right, how, how have you guys been doing at listening on Sunday mornings? Okay, I know we preach long sermons here. Sometimes they're complicated. Um, but it, is that just for the other people, or, or has this series about spiritual gifts been for you? What questions are you asking? What questions are you asking God as you hear these things? How are you being challenged? How are you being encouraged that God has deposited abilities inside of you to build up the body of Christ and to fulfill his mission in this world. It's under the tree. Go grab the gift, unwrap it, enjoy it, and experience the smile of God as we use what he's given us to be a blessing to the people around us.
I mean, I, I love that when, you know, if I give a gift to one of my children, if they share it with others, if they, if they include their sibling in playing with it, in, you know, not just keeping it as their own thing, their own private space. That's why God gives us gifts. Gifts are meant to be shared and enjoyed. They are an extension of God's love into our lives and then through us to the people around us. So if God's given you a spirit of power, love, self-mastery, who's he calling you to love? What kind of power does that require? And how is he leading you to stare that down and take a step that requires faith? Because it's fun to sing about God leading us to walk on water <laughs> uh, when we don't want to start a conversation with somebody who's a little strange. Which one really requires courage here? So guys, I, I, I want you to be thinking and right now and the Sundays ahead, what from the Holy Spirit has God given you in order to serve the body of Christ around you. And, and again, this is not a minimum age type thing. So that, that could be encouragement, that could be an ability to have mercy. We're gonna, we're gonna be looking through some of these gifts in the coming weeks. You know, to, to, to move toward people that are just complicated and broken and show kindness to them. It could be gift of teaching maybe. That God's starting to Stir up in you. You, you. you love truth and you have a heart for it. And there's something inside of you that says, I, I want to be able to say that. I want to be able to communicate that. Doesn't mean you're, you know, you're coming up here next week and teaching. But, but maybe, maybe it shows up first in one of the discipleship groups where a question's asked. And you say, you know, here's how I see this in scripture. And you use words to communicate the truth of God in a way that helps somebody else. That could be the gift of teaching, maybe. And, and we don't just leave that there. Paul says, fan that into flame. It's very hard to start a fire by just lighting a match and sticking it there. Right? You, you got to blow on it. You got to get down. You got you to use wind and other forces to stir it up. And God gives us a responsibility to do that. So I, I, I want to I pray for you. Um, tonight, and um, want us to take some opportunity in the coming weeks to, um, to think a little bit more about this, about spiritual gifts, and um, what, God has, what God has given, not just you know, on the pages of scripture, what we read, but what is he doing in us, and what steps of faith is he calling us to take? Let's pray. God, we first want to express to you thanksgiving. Lord, we, we are helped, and honestly, we need seasons like the one we're in. We need the holiday Thanksgiving. We need the Christmas season to direct our minds intentionally toward all that you've done. Lord, we need Advent Lord, to consider how much it matters that you came to bring life to us. God, we, we just run past that so fast. It's like we have a disabled sensor and it doesn't inform 
the direction we're taking, whether or not things are locking up and skidding around. So God, thank you. Thank you that you are a generous God. Thank you for giving us your son. God, thank you for putting people in our lives who have pointed us to your son, who have taught us the gospel. God, thank you that, that I'm fairly certain when I talked about what Jesus has done, nobody here heard that for the first time because you've already put people in their lives who've told them that. God, how amazing that is. Lord, I pray that that would be received, that that would be not just ideas, but a sincere faith that now dwells in them as they've responded to you and walk with you. And God, thank you that you give your spirit to us. You give us your presence and you give us your power. And I, I pray for this group. I pray that even now you would be awakening in fresh ways a sense of how you have called them to serve in these gifts. We would be listening. We'd be listening to the leading of your spirit. We would be noticing. There are thoughts in my head right now that seem to have come from outside of me. God, is that you? Are you telling me something? Is this, is this the beginning stages of a gift of prophecy? God, are you leading me to put my hands on somebody who is in need and sick and to pray for your healing and to do so with faith and to not shrink back in fear because it's a strange situation to be in or I don't, wouldn't know what words to say or I don't want to have to touch somebody. God, we, we want to get rid of all that limits the use of your gifts. So help us, Father. And help us as we consider, can continue to consider this together. In Jesus' name, amen.